Welcome to Concerning CAMS, brought to you by Education Pathways. I'm Kevin Connickney, your host. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's get started. Our topic today is irrigation systems, what CAMS need to know. I have the pleasure to be here with Dusty Fontaine. Dusty is responsible for irrigation business development with Greenscape Southwest Florida. Welcome, Dusty, to Concerning CAMS, and could you please start by telling us a bit about your background in the landscaping industry? Sure, thank you. Um, Yeah, I've been in the business about uh, 47 years, going on 48 years now. Nice. Um, I started uh, when I was 16 years old. I've worked in Collier and Lee County. I, uh, I started installing irrigation, uh, which means you go out there and you dig the trenches and the holes and, and everything. You get pretty dirty and sweaty and sick sometimes. The hard, the hard work. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> um, then, um, you know, I've gradually gone up to foreman and then uh, uh, I went into the service end of it, which is my favorite end of it. I uh, went in pretty early into the service end of it, and then uh, service manager, uh, general manager. Then I ended up going into my own business for about six years. Physically, I couldn't do it anymore. My body started falling apart, and so I got into management, and I uh, sold my business, and, and I've run a couple of um, irrigation departments for these a uh, couple of companies. And then I ended up about a little over 10 years ago, I ended up at Greenscapes, and uh, uh, this is where I'll be finishing things up. So. Excellent. So you have been in the business for a long time. Can you tell me what are some of the changes you've seen in the irrigation installation area? Well, as you can, you know, understand that after 48 years or 47 years, there's a lot of changes that have taken place. Sure. As I said, I started when I was 16 years old. The first week that I was on the job, I had to dig a trench that was 50 feet long and four foot wide, four foot deep. And uh, that was to dig up a galvanized steel uh, main line. So uh, you don't see main lines like made out of galvanized steel anymore, but this was my first experience. I think I had two over the 47 years that were like that. But um, then, you know, most of the systems back in those days were like manual valves. You, You just basically went out and turned a valve on, let it run for a while, turn it back off, turn another valve on and another section would run. Um, and uh, that, that, that was the early days. That's the way the systems were installed. Uh, of course, if you turned it on and forgot it, it ran all night long, and there was a lot of that <laughs> as well. So it's not the greatest and most efficient way to water. Um, impact heads were big back then. I, uh, if you, There's some uh, older uh, listeners here. <laughs> they will remember it by the noise that they made. Oh sure, <laughs> you know yep. that's the noise that the, the impact rotors made. Um, they don't, they don't, uh, you don't see them very often. You see them in overhead for for agriculture and things like that. Okay. Um, then we started getting into uh, uh, more mechanical clocks, where we call them on-off clocks mm-hmm. um, in the in the business. Uh, that they just basically turn the system on and off, and that's it. it there's not a lot of uh, extra that goes into that. Um, then we start going into digital, where you can set individual zones for individual times and so on and so forth. The problem with that was down here in Southwest Florida. Um, we were behind the the times in those because of the we're in the lightning capital of the world, mm. and the uh, the power 
is fluctuates so much down here so that uh, it, it really affected the digital clocks. And if they went off, you lost all your programming, you lost everything, you had to go out and redo it. The problem is, is that you wouldn't realize it for about a week and then everything was dry, you know, okay. and, or dead. And then we went into the digital clocks uh, that, that had non-volatile memory, which it would keep the memory. And then finally today, um, most of the house, most of the communities now still have the digital uh, systems. However, uh, they're starting to change out to a more smart uh, technology, more smart clocks, uh, more water-saving technology. That's the direction we're going now because of the uh, conservation. We need to conserve water. Uh, Florida, uh, Texas, California, all of them. We're, we're having droughts almost every year now. You I know? see. Last year we had a March that was the lowest in 80 years, uh, the amount of water that we had. So um, the smart technology is picking up uh, big time right now. And it's like every other industry, we should... <laughs> upgrade to to the newest technology sure. we do with our phones we do with our televisions we do with everything else so okay well you know i'm i'm actually a native floridian i grew up in the miami area and i remember my parents had a system where you turn you know we called it pump water because i guess it was coming out of the ground and mm-hmm. so we'd turn the system on and then if you it was maybe had two or three zones and you'd have to turn it off and turn it on to get it to go in the different areas. Right. What what are those old systems like? I mean, how are they different from what we have today? Well, th- those again, those were what we call hydraulic. They were okay. they basically w- worked on water and pressure um, instead of uh, electric. Now you may have had one electric valve on there, but you probably had a round uh, disc thing that was called a cyclomat- cyclomatic. Yep. And it had a disc in there, and when the, when the water came on, it pushed it down over one pipe. That zone ran when it went off, and it had to be off for like 15 minutes. Yes. And it, I mean, you could do it sooner, but your clock's all set at 15 minutes. Shut it off. It came back up, turned, and and then went down over the next pipe. So yeah, that, that, those were uh, I installed the thousands of those. <laughs> thousands okay. of those. Are those still around? Are those old systems, or are they pretty much gone? You will find them, but 99% of the time, you're going to find them on an individual home not okay. in communities you won't find right. them in communities but okay. you'll find them in individual homes okay relics of the past huh? yeah. okay um so how how long can you expect a, a sprinkler system to last the more modern ones that you're putting in um well the sprinkler system itself uh there's there's many different components to an irrigation system so you have a main line um you, you then have the valves and then you have solenoids and you have wiring and you have the heads and the nozzles and then you have the controllers as well so there's many different components to it the main lines generally speaking you're not going to be replacing them they're going to they're going to remain into the ground that's the infrastructure of the system but you may need to be changing out valves and you will be needing to change out valves and all of them are are affected by water quality pressure all of those kind of things so a valve may last 20 25 years and not give you any problems at all or you could install it and three years later you're having problems with it because the uh, uh, the quality of the water is so bad pumping out of most of our communities are pumping out of lakes and the water quality stinks mm-hmm. um, uh, and if they don't have good filtration on there then your valves your nozzles your heads and everything are going to be affected by that okay so they, i mean as far as lasting are concerned uh you you basically can go by the warranties <laughs> because they've the manufacturers i think have figured it out pretty close to okay. uh, if you have a three-year warranty on a on a on a valve or a head 
uh, that's probably how long it's going to last before it starts <laughs> giving you some trouble. Okay. You mentioned galvan the old galvanized pipe that you, you took out uh, when you first started in, in your career. What, mm-hmm. what are the pipes made out of these days? It's PVC. It's PVC. a, it's a okay. PVC pipe, and, and uh, you know, there's different thicknesses. In fact, it uh, used to be that you would use a, a thin wall Schedule 160 pipe when I first started installing. Now everything is Class 200, which means it, it can take up to 200 PSI. Okay. Uh, they're very strong. They're, they're, they're not going to deteriorate uh, over a period of time. So what should communities plan for with regard to the budget? Um, you know, is it something, do you have to replace the whole system? Do you do it in bits and pieces over the years? How, how does that work, or how should that work? Yeah, again, the infrastructure of the system, which is the biggest part of the system, the, the main line, and even the lateral lines, chances are you're not going to be replacing those. Uh, you don't need to, to, to worry about those so much. But obviously... Um, you're going to have valves and, and nozzles and heads and timers and things like that that you are going to have to be replaced. I usually, in my opinion, what I tell our clients is that uh, you should probably budget every five to seven years for a major renovation okay. uh, because you're going to have upgrades that are going to need to be done. Okay. Well, what are some of the more frequent problems that they might find in maintaining their existing systems? Well, the obvious ones are clogged nozzles. Mm-hmm. Again, because of water quality, uh, clogged nozzles are a big problem. Um, heads sticking up mm-hmm. uh, that don't uh, retract because mm-hmm. all of them have springs and all of them have stems. Uh, they have uh, wiper blades that that wipe the the uh, the debris away as okay. they pop up and down. Um, but over a period of time, and again, uh, water quality and pressure make all the difference in the world as far as how often you're going to have to replace those heads. But when those heads stick up. Uh, which they will after a period of time, um, that head is malfunctioning and a lawnmower is going to hit it. You're going to kick it over. Something's going to happen to that head. It's going to end up getting broke off. And also the patterns themselves will change over a period of time. They actually tell you that that uh, every five years you should replace your nozzles. Mm. No, nobody does that. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of nozzles in some of these communities. Mm. You're not going to go through and replace every nozzle on the property after five years. But okay. over five to seven years, you probably will have replaced a big percentage of the nozzles because um, the the pressure, the water quality, and everything will affect uh, the pattern of those nozzles. And, and, and it's very important to have the correct pattern on them. Okay. You know, distribution of water. Dusty, earlier you mentioned, um, just like in all industries, um, we need to upgrade and we need to keep our equipment modern. And I think you the direction you were going was to talk about for sustainability um, and saving energy and saving water. What, um, what types of smart technology and water-saving technology um, should we be thinking about? Can you explain a little bit more about that? In today's irrigation world, conservation is, is it, it's the key. Um, South Florida Water Management District is keeping a close eye on how much water people use. Uh, everybody is allowed uh, an allotment of water for their properties. Um, and, and so conservation is a big deal. Um, things are moving toward the smart technology. When I say smart technology, as far as controllers are concerned, um, our controllers now are computers, basically. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just, you know, they are computers. Um, and they communicate with you. So in other words, smart technology will do a couple of things. Number one, it'll allow you to be a, like a central control over it. I can remotely do it from my desktop. 
uh, at the office. I can <clears throat> I can change run times. I can change uh, uh, you know what time it starts. I, I and it'll also give me an email when there's a problem with a specific zone out there. So that's called smart te- technology. But there's also another portion of that, and that's called uh, ET based systems. Uh, ET stands for evapotranspiration, uh, which basically is the amount of water that evaporates or, you know, out of the ground or out of a lake or whatever. And then the transpiration is, is when it comes off of a, of a plant leaf. Uh, they sweat, basically, is what it is. And, okay. and so that water goes into the air and it's, it doesn't go to where it need, it's needed on the, on the plants or anything. Um, so what it is is these controllers will literally uh, take the reading of ET. Some of them have on-site uh, weather stations, but some of them get their data from weather stations that are located. Maybe it'll, they'll triangulate them uh, in your area. And um, that uh, it, it um, sends the ET report to the controller. The controller then takes that ET and says, okay, it's been fairly... Uh, overcast for the last four days or whatever. So the ET was low. So what it does is it, it control the controller may be set for 20 minutes on spray zones and 45 minutes to run on rotor zones. And with the ET adjustment, it may set that, t- that spray zone down to eight minutes uh, if it doesn't need that much water. You know, if there hasn't been a lot of ET that uh, evapotranspiration that has taken place, so the, that is the the smart controllers. They can do uh, an awful lot of uh, an awful lot of good, and they definitely will conserve water on the, on a property and put down water when it's needed. If I run your spray zones for twenty minutes and it and you have runoff after five, you've just wasted fifteen minutes of water. Okay. Um, smart technology also allows you to do what they call a cycle and soak, so that you can actually. Run if you do have runoff after five minutes, run that zone for five minutes, let it shut off, go to the next one for five minutes, and the next one for five minutes. Then it'll come back and run uh, run them again. If you've determined it needs twenty minutes of watering to put down the correct amount of water, then you can cycle and soak it like that. So it'll just go through the whole zones and come back, run again, and then come back and run again. That gives it a couple hours to percolate the water into the into the into the ground. Um, now, the other thing is the uh, water conservation uh, products. Uh, and uh, again, manufacturers are going this direction now. So they're putting check valves in the head so there's no runoff. So that right now, if your head is at the lowest range, all the water in the, in the piping is going to drain out of that head. They're putting a lot more are coming with check valves in them now. Uh, they're doing pressure regulation heads uh, are being installed a lot more now. So um, if, if you've got a head that's putting out 1.5 gallons per minute, mm-hmm. if you're running and it's supposed to be running at 35 PSI, now you're up to 60 PSI, you're doubling probably the amount of water that that head is putting out, and you have no way of adjusting that. So they're putting pressure regulation in some of the heads. Um, they, there are new heads on the market uh, that have much better distribution of water. Um, when you, everybody knows that when you see a head run, that the, the water from the head out to the end of that stream uh, is not getting equal coverage. You know, um, so if you looked at the curve, it would it would start out flat and then go way up and then go down again. 
the new heads don't actually flatten it out completely, but they definitely flatten out that curve so, so that the distribution of water is much better from the head out. Um, and uh, they, those type of heads can run at lower pressure and lower gallons per minute as well. So th there's a lot of uh, uh, savings of water on those and better distribution of the water. And then, of course, drip irrigation is, is, is very big now, and uh, the district is kind of pushing us in that direction as well. Um, so we can put the water down at the roots of the plant instead of throwing water on the leaves of the plant where you're going to get your evap evapotranspiration. Um, and uh, um, it, it's just a much better way to water the shrubs. I envision a time where they're going to say no more watering shrubs with overhead water. Mm. Uh, no sprays going on top of the shrubs because of the evapor evaporation. Um, the, the drip line works much better. <clears throat> Fifteen years ago, I kept drip at a hand's arm's length. Um, I wouldn't install it because it would clog and and uh, and break apart and everything else. But they've fixed all those problems. Okay. They've come they've come a long way with drip irrigation now, and we install an awful lot of it. Okay. Well, what does an association need to know about upgrading their system? And is this something that they normally uh, will learn about as a part of the normal maintenance maintenance inspections that happen through companies such as as your own? Um, well, Greenscapes offers an assessment. Okay. Um, and it, it, an assessment cannot be done during a regular maintenance okay. um, because it is a very detailed assessment. They go zone to zone, uh, head to head, basically. They, they look at things like the heads are behind shrubs. They need to be moved out. They look at uh, the fact that there's three-inch pop-ups or four-inch pop-ups installed. A lot of the, the properties that are 20 to 30 years old, they still have three- and four-inch pop-ups. Well, best management practice for landscaping and, and lawn mowing is three-and-a-half to four inches. <laughs> That's where, where you mm -hmm. mow your lawns at. Well, if you only have a head popping up three inches or four inches, then it's not even getting up over that that turf so sure. so um pretty much everything in the last 10 years or so has been installed with six inch pop-ups and that's fine um but we look at all those kind of things we look at the kind of nozzles that are in there uh, i will say this that uh there are a lot of sprinkler companies and people out there that are that are uh changing nozzles they they see this head's not throwing far enough that way so they throw a 15 nozzle instead of a 12 that means it throws 15 feet mm. instead of 12 feet well they've doubled the amount of water that that head puts out by doing that and when they do that they um uh they can they can actually cause problems with the piping <laughs> mm. because the water velocity for it to come out it, it, it's using too much water for that pipe size okay. okay and they don't know that they just trying to do it well we we take over a lot of problems properties and and uh, they'll say well we've got these two zones over here that don't have any pressure at all um and what we do is we find out that either number one they put way too many heads on on small half inch pipe uh or they they changed all the nozzles to the big nozzles and now there's not enough pressure to run them whatever the case might be so we're going to go through and and do an assessment on the entire system like that we're also going to during that assessment we're going to look at upgrading the heads to to the uh, con conserving water type okay. heads you know the heads that will conserve the water um and so uh that assessment generally speaking with greenscapes now i don't know if anybody else does it or or whatever but it's it, it, it on some of these 
properties, these communities, it can take up to two weeks or whatever in the field, in the field work to go through these zones. Um, we do charge for them. Uh, we charge, and, and it's depending on the, the zone numbers and the sizes and everything else. But uh, one of the things that we do is we offer, if any of the work from that assessment proposal is done, uh, they will get a credit back up to 80% of what they paid for okay. the, for the um for the assessment, but there's really no other way to do that, and you really can't do it in a uh, in an inspection that you might only be out there for you know f- six to eight hours every month, once a month. You know, I can see that. So it's yeah. much. It's clearly a, a much more comprehensive uh, thing that has to happen than than what would happen just during the basic maintenance. Absolutely, uh, that would take place. Okay. Yep. Are there any other? As we close out the session today, are there any other um, areas that I didn't ask about that you want to share, or you think that are important for us to think about? Well, I don't think so. I think there's a, there's probably a, a lot more to be said about irrigation, sure. but um, <laughs> as far as just capping it and summarizing it, no, not really. Okay. Um, we do do a lot of education, uh, you know, different uh, teaching classes and things like that that we can do. I'm actually working on a, uh, a smart technology um, PowerPoint uh, to try to you know, to try to show the need for, for PowerPoints. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of that, a lot of the beginning of that, it has to do with, you know, how, where we've come from phones, you know, I, 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 I was thinking the other day about, you know, we used to use, uh, we didn't have phones. We had a two-way radio in the van, you know, KRD 413 based unit, such and such. And right. then that you went, you know, um, to now, they can get in touch with you anywhere you want with phones. You can <laughs> right. you can take pictures. You can watch movies. You can do everything else. Same thing is going on with irrigation, but a lot of people just don't know about it. Okay. So that's what we're trying to we're trying to educate so that that people understand that they should be looking at that. Irrigation is not seen. Okay, it's not like a plant. Um, so people want to go in and put thousands of dollars worth of beautiful plants in, but if it doesn't get water. It isn't going to last. So, so it, we're trying to educate people that irrigation comes first. Sure. Then, then the plants come after that. Absolutely, I can see that it's a both and scenario. Um, well, Dusty, thank you for joining us today on Concerning Cams to walk us through irrigation systems. What Cams need to know. If listeners have additional questions, how can they best reach you or your associates? at Greenscape Southwest Florida. Well, the best best way is to call the office at uh, 239-643-4471, um, and they will direct it to, to wherever it needs to go. If it's for me, it'll direct to me. If it's for one of the, uh, the branch managers, it'll go to the branch managers. Excellent. Thank you, Dusty. We'll be sure to include the contact information in the episode notes for this podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.